your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. will not be seen tonight around this time last year there was a a I, it was this year wasn't it that you had your uh terrifying dream oh yeah the, the, i ate too much rare bit yes <laughs> yeah yeah you had yeah you had a bar and a half of homemade rare bit and it gave you a <laughs> dream of being uh being ridden like a horse across the countryside among other things yeah so. yeah well, that was that was um yeah that was about probably about a year ago at this point maybe maybe two yeah, i'm trying to think yeah close to yeah i i can't remember if that was now no i think that was this year and because the previous year at around this time we seem to be sinking into a groove of early in the year we do something you know what you called in an earlier episode dream media so and we are focusing on dream media today today with now breaking wokes uh, oh no not not woke breaking garfield eats's record for the most recent thing that we've looked at it's <laughs> netflix's slumberland which came out about a month ago wait i'm sorry uh, ethan did you say garfield wokes did I say Garfield wokes? Wait, instead of Garfield eats, like oh, you know the 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 restaurant where Garfield like uh, is like you know um, social justice is very important. <laughs> so and uh, and Nermal comes in like you know we must defeat the woke mind virus. <laughs> and he uh, oh send him to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, we're speaking of uh, Slumberland, which is yeah, it's brand new. It just came out um, this month, and it's I think this is our second thing that we've watched based on Little Nemo and Slumberland, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, maybe first and a half because to say this is based on Little Nemo and Slumberland is very generous. It's got a character named Nemo, and yep. uh, that's pretty much it. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, it it uses. I say this is kind of like the Super Mario Brothers movie. It has some familiar nouns, but nothing you would be like, oh, oh, the thing, the thing from the from the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is definitely. You know, this thing is definitely of its time of of twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um, and time will tell if it's as, as 2022 as any 2014 was of 2014. Yeah, yeah. I um so so this is um I I'll you know it's a it's a I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Um but it's a perfectly fine movie for children is the first oh, yeah. thing I'll say. Yeah, um, I mean 
I will say that there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. You might want to give it to some slightly older children because it has some much heavier issues to deal with than, you know, perhaps a six-year-old is uh, prepared for. Yeah, yeah. It's, um... So, uh, well, Ethan, do you want to do the capsule summary for this, uh, this film before we talk any more about it? Okay, yeah, let's talk... Okay, let's, uh, let's see if you can squeeze it down. So, we have Nemo. Nemo is a little girl, 11 years old. Not a boy this time, and that's okay. Because it... Because I, again, I sort of suspect that her name was probably something else, and then they were like, hey, what if we tie this in with little Nemo, eh? And uh, Can you imagine, though, a bunch of, like, uh, chuds are going to watch this and be like, I can't believe they made Nemo a girl. Totally ruined my childhood. I was the biggest fan of Little Nemo in Slumberland back in, like, 1923. You know? <laughs> Literally 100 years ago. <laughs> this... um, but, yeah, she's a girl this time. And, uh... Uh, her dad is a lighthouse keeper. They live in a lighthouse. And boy, does this make living in a lighthouse look great. I That's mean, true. I have, <laughs> I have I've thought about having those kind of jobs, living in a lighthouse or maybe like like a, a fire a fire watch tower in the woods or something like that. You know, like, you know, it's, you know, if you're the kind of person who can live alone, it could be pretty great. But... Because yeah, Nemo yeah. has, yeah, and Nemo's very best friend of the whole world is her dad, and she spends her whole, you know, every day with him, you know, pretty much day in and day out, practicing piano and uh, and play, playing games and learning about the lighthouse, and and at night they have this special ritual where her dad seems to make up stories out of the ether about himself and this mystical or mysterious. Uh, piratey outlawy character called flip and now flip is also a name that you'll recognize from uh from little nemo and slumberland but uh, this is a very different take on flip just as it's a very different take on nemo but as he but in the stories he uh, he tells he and flip used to be uh partners in a uh, sort of treasure hunting kind of you know, you know general knockabout capers wario kind of thing and, and and as our movie begins, he is spinning this story to her about how he and Flip were hot on the trail of pearls that could grant wishes. And but before he can finish the story, he's called out to help rescue rescue a boat. And uh, he so he takes off in the he takes off in the boat, and we see her have a dream something that that she's a dream inspired by the story that she he just told. Which is then very unfortunately interrupted by by a coworker of her father's returning to tell her that her father was lost at sea. And yeah. now you might think that this is going to be one of those, oh, I have to find my dad. He's not really dead. But I'm going to tell you right away. No, her dad died. That is the first plot point of the story is that this child is recently orphaned and she has no mother. Right, right. She, uh, she instead um, gets bundled off to live with her uncle. Uh, her uncle, who is a nerd. Um, yeah, he, that's a, his. That's his thing. Yeah, he's a he's a real kind of loser who's who makes a lot of money and lives in the city, and he's like a doorknob impresario. <laughs> and he has yeah, to, he he can tell you just about anything about doorknobs and also locks. 
That's the interesting thing about him is that he's like a master lock picker and locksmith. But it yeah, which really is come up. yeah, which is weird because as soon as he says I mean the doorknobs, I'm like, well, clearly doorknobs are, are going to be a motif of this film. And they're going to be important in the dream world or else why would you give him such a bizarre uh, thing to be obsessed with, you know? Um, but yeah, it does. It, it comes up once, there, it, but not really much of a thing. Um, but yeah, so she uh, but she's living with her uncle. She's depressed because her dad's dead and her uncle's a, a kind of a, a very a cold fish. He's not good with yeah. emotions. Um, However, and... at no point does it ever suggest that her uncle isn't trying. You know, he no, wants no. to do this. And, you know, yes. that is on his... I will say that although the uncle comes across as, oh boy, this is the last person you want to live with, there is no point where it feels like he, that the uncle is, you know... He's not Aunt Spiker and Aunt Sponge. He is a good no. Guy, but... <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, this is not a Roll Doll story. So, um, um, yeah. So basically, what ends up happening is then she starts um, dreaming, and she she meets Flip. Flip appears in her dream, and yeah. um, now Flip. Think mm -hmm. if you've seen the yeah, if you've seen the uh, comic strip or the uh, movie that we watched earlier, the nineteen eighty nine anime film. Now, think of what Flip looked like, and now throw it away. He looks nothing like that in this. No. And it's probably a good thing, because, I mean, you know, the original Flip that we saw in... Well, the Flip we saw in the uh, the anime version was kind of a... He was a, you know, green-skinned clown that was uncomfortably close to um, old-timey caricatures of black people. Um, yeah. So it's not quite, probably... but more like... Yeah. Uh, uh, it was Morbius who called it who called it Mick Face, like yes. Face for the Irish. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, so they go a completely different direction this time. It's Jason Momoa, uh, who you know you probably know as I think Aquaman. Um, yeah, man, he yeah. just can't stay away from these lighthouses. No, no, he's playing. So he's he's playing Flip as kind of like I mean, whenever I saw him, I was like, oh, it's it's Johnny Depp doing the uh, Mad Hatter thing. Because he's yeah, got it's, like, it's Johnny Depp as Captain Sparrow combined with Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. I would say, yeah, he, he you know this kind of character. He's he like eats bugs. Yes, yeah, he does actually. Yeah, um, he wears like a bunch of different mismatched clothes. Like he's got a top hat and a Sergeant Pepper coat and a T-shirt and uh, and big big old boots. Yeah. He's, uh, I guess he's like a satyr or a fawn or something. Yeah, he um, has curled ram's horns, and you can actually also see he's got, like, ears that wiggle. But yeah. uh, that, those are his only real animal traits. He doesn't seem to have hooves or anything. No, he's got, like, big, like, kind of wolf feet, because mm. um, he's got, he's wearing giant Ronald McDonald shoes, but, like, uh, like uh, kind of furry wolf toes are sticking out the ends of them. Mm. Um, so... Uh, this is, this is a different take on Flip, and, you know, I don't blame him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't, no, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues I think we're going to get into later on, though, yeah. that I have with this film. Um, but basically, she meets Flip, uh, he tells her that he wants, he's after those pearls that her dad was talking about, and her dad has a map to find the pearls. So, the pearls will grant wishes... And they team up so Nemo can get a pearl to uh, see her dad again. 
and Flip can get a pearl to do the things that Flip wants to do, which turns yeah. out that uh, I think the thing is he turns out Flip because he's in the dream world. He doesn't know who he is when he's awake. So yeah, and he, he, he and apparently he hasn't woken up in a long time. Or yes, so that's right. So, so they have to. So they have to meet in dreams. She takes along a. She takes along a red string that helps her find her way back to uh, to flip when she when she goes to sleep again, and uh, also a boring book, which leads to my single favorite joke, which is that she's trying to bore herself to sleep with a uh, with a book about the history of doorknobs, and you see her flip <laughs> through it, and then she throws it across the street, across the room, going, "Damn it, this is interesting." <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty amusing. Um... But uh, they they go on some some <clears throat> they go on some adventures and eventually uh, find the pearls and um, use the pearls to solve the, the the solve the issues that they need to be solved and then the mm -hmm. movie concludes. Um, uh -huh. So that's, that's a very spoiler free capsule. Yes, the spoiler free capsule. Um, but Which we we're going to spoil do because yeah oh do you want to spoil it yeah let's spoil it we're going to spoil this movie because I don't think we can talk about this film without spoiling it because yeah. you all have I'm, you all have Netflix stop it stop the uh, podcast right now and watch it if you don't want to I mean in fact if you don't want to sorry why why are you listening to this podcast if you haven't seen the movie because clearly I don't know about you guys but when I I only listen to a podcast about a movie if I've already seen the movie and I want to hear someone repeat my own opinions about that movie back to me. So, um, <laughs> hopefully we have the same opinions as you listeners, but we'll see. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we're going to spoil this film and the big spoiler. Now I kind of thought going in like, okay, clearly flips in a coma. He's some guy in a coma or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, what I thought, yeah. Um, it turns out that's kind of the opposite. Um, no, it turns out, yeah. yeah. Um, that Flip is someone in the real world who just has stopped dreaming. And it's uh, Nemo's uncle, Uncle Philip. Uh, yes. It's like, oh, so, Flip, Philip, okay. Yes. And um, that's actually, I thought, with that, I actually, when I found, heard that, I was like, that's kind of cool. That's a, that's a clever thing to do, to, to have these two be the same character. I don't feel like it was done right, though. No, um, no, I, I, I feel like uh, so a big part of this film for me is I was thinking like this is a film about Nemo learning to not only deal with her father's death, but like learn to live with her uncle. You know, it should be about Nemo and her uncle gradually getting closer over the course yeah. of the movie. And um, and there's a little bit of that, but not I really felt enough. like. Yeah, not enough. Like, I thought this would be way better if in the film, if her Uncle Philip also got kind of pulled into the dream world and went on these adventures with her and Flip. And so, yeah. you know, you could have them like kind of he would be butting heads with Flip because they're so different. Then Nemo is basically kind of playing the super ego between their, you know, id and ego. And um, and gradually over the course of their adventures, you know, realizing, you know, they all come to. Flip and Philip realize that they need each other because, um, you know, they're two halves of the same whole and um, that because they never actually meet in the actual film. I feel like that, you know, th that theme doesn't get explored as much as it could have. Yeah. 
You wouldn't be able to use the name Philip then. It would probably give the game away too early. But that's uh, true. I like this. I I like this idea though. I like the idea of realizing that you know we are so different, different, but we're actually two halves that are missing each other. So I mean, I think in that case it would have been you know a cool piece of stunt casting to have the same actor for both roles, but it would have given away the twist. So again, you yeah. can't really do that. Um, uh, but you know, not not that I mean, Jason Momoa. Jo- Jason Momoa is you know fine in his performance, and yeah. so is the guy who does Philip. You know, yeah, who, um, who is the guy who does Philip? I didn't even look. Uh, oh, some nerd. Um, I I actually don't know who it is. So a certain nerd. Oh, that would be uh, Chris O'Dowd. I I don't know if I can name anything else he was in. I'm not uh, mm. all that up on uh, modern on modern celebrities unless they were in a marvel movie because i suck oh <laughs> um i don't think he was in a marvel movie no um, i don't think so either so um but yeah that so i don't know this this movie uh you know i wanted to like this more than i did i i yeah. i really and I think I liked it more than I expected to, but at the same time, once I figured out what was going on, there were I saw so many ways that I could have liked it better, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like this is a movie that, um, Ethan, I think you've used this phrase in previous episodes about realizing the promise of the premise. Yeah, and that's a good. This way. Is a... That is a place where it kind of falls down. Yeah, like. This is a movie that it's it's perfectly okay, but it's a movie about going into dreams, and it could be you could do so much with that, um, like, um, you know, I, I think like one of the things like okay, uh, dream movies about dreams very rarely ap- actually capture what dreams are like. Um, and, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, part of that is of course you you can't really because they're so weird and ephemeral and you know it's it's hard to really mm-hmm. put that anything that you know so when they try to do it in a movie yeah. they often make them weird in the wrong way but also too coherent it's you know so it is what it is um i mean just for an example just the other night i had a dream about you oh really well what happened uh you and i were on some sort of journey we were i was driving and we were you know, talking about something or other, and we decided to uh, stop in some town to uh, get lunch, and we decided to look at a look at a nearby mall. And but the only way through this mall was to crawl through this like abandoned waterway, and which was surprisingly clean. But then we looked up, and then our and there were hundreds of black widows hanging over our heads. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this this dream's pretty cool. This is a pretty good dream. <laughs> And then, and uh, I was being really cautious, and you ended up leaving me behind. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I woke up. So I don't, I don't know how the adventure would have ended, but you know, I can make up an ending, and it comes from the same head, so it's not cheating. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the way kind of dreams. That that's a very that's a very dreamy dream. You know, that's the kind of dream you have when yeah. you're having a real dream. Yeah, I didn't question why we had to climb through this big concrete structure to get to the mall. And I think along the way yeah. we forgot where we were going in the first place. 
Yeah. I mean, that's again, that's again, dream, dreams, things happen like that. You kind of just like go with the flow and then mm -hmm. and then you wake up and you're like, oh, I have to combine all those things into one coherent story. You know, yeah, you just kind of. Um, but uh, this one, the big thing in, in uh, Slumberland is they have a magic map that lets them see doors between dreams so they can enter other people's dreams. And um, so they enter a bunch of different dreams of different Belonging people. Belonging to a bunch of different people. But right. Now, there's all, but there's also the sort of the bureaucracy behind the dreams. There's this very Beetlejuicean feel to, you know, this basically 70s office where they determine who gets what dream. And yeah, 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 I wasn't very impressed with that part, honestly. But and and also, it looks like they're going into specific people's dreams. But then the dreams are are like broken up into departments, like you know, you know, naked at school, uh, didn't study for the test, or <laughs> taking your wedding yeah. vows over again, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's and, a, the, how, how? Oh, sorry. Go on. So yeah, who, how how do they organize that? Is it just you know, one person gets the uh, naked at school dream per night and ev eventually everyone cycles through it or. I mean, they also say that like, oh, you get the dream you want, you need. Um, and I think they say that like the dreams they go into are re are specifically they say recurring dreams because mm -hmm. that would explain why they keep going to the same dreams over and over every night. Oh, you know? yeah, I didn't. I, I don't think I made that connection, but you're right. That makes that makes sense. But at the same time, you know. The fact that they keep going to the same dreams is kind of the worst thing about this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, look, you have, you know, you are you, Netflix. You got a bazillion dollars. You're not going to, you know, you, you, you already spent the special effects to do these big, you know, big, huge dream sequences. Why don't you just do more dreams? Um, yeah. And, you know, this is this is a big. OK, this is my big problem. I think my biggest problem with this film. Right. Um, is I feel like a, a dream, a movie about going into dreams. The, the big thing that's fun about them is seeing parallels between the dream world and the waking world. You know, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, you go into a dream and you see characters who are played by the same actors as, you know, people in your real life, you know. Right. And and, you know, like seeing the Wicked Witch being what's her name? The, the mean lady. And, yeah. And, you know, like things like that. And, um, you know, and, and even if you're going into other people's dreams, I was expecting, OK, she's going to go in another dream and she's going to figure out as she's in this dream, like, oh, this is the dream being dreamt by people that I know in real life, like the teacher at her school or that one kid that she's always hanging out with yeah. um, and stuff like that. But it turns out, no, they're just completely random people whose dreams they go into. And, you know, at the end, we see those people awake and we get like a, their little you know, little gags about who they are in real life as compared to yeah. dreams. And that's that's fine. It was amusing. But I, I was like, I feel like all the normal stuff you do in a dream movie that makes dream movies kind of like, you know, fun, fun. Yeah. yeah as a genre, they're not doing it in this one. <laughs> and um, uh, so I, I was like, I just found that pretty disappointing. Um, but uh, the dreams themselves are also like weirdly empty, you know? Oh, you notice that? Yeah, I was like, man, there's so much big empty space. So many of the dreams felt like a stage that hadn't had its 
its uh, scenery set up. Like, there's this big empty air that they're just skipping around. Like, uh, like oh, shoot. Like, the the dance sequences in The Wiz, where it shoots them for, from, you know, hundreds of feet away, and Michael Jackson is just this tiny dot bouncing around. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, because the first stream, there's like, it's like a woman doing a salsa dance in this big auditorium, yeah. and there's some, uh, like, all the other dancers are just people made of butterflies or something. That's cool. And uh, it's cool, but... but... Was, were there any, was there... Was that specific to her dream, or was everyone just made out of butterflies in all the dreams? Well, that was the only dream where we met anyone other than the actual dreamer. Because yeah, you're right. The, That's weird. Why is yeah. why was everyone else dreaming of being alone? Uh, yeah, it's it gave this movie such a weird, sterile feeling. It felt to me like I was watching a film that was generated by an AI because yeah, of that. Yeah, that is what it felt like. The whole movie felt like it was created by Crayon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're, you're seeing these, like, yeah, these these very impressive special effects, but there's, like, no people in them. It's so strange. Because, um, like, there's another dream where it's, like, it's, like, the, uh, this big empty city with this garbage truck just driving around picking up garbage. And... And it was just watching. It was like, okay, okay, who, you know, it was just odd because it's like, it's a complete, who dreams of that every night? Um, I thought Twinkie the Kid was dreaming of it. Oh, what? Because there's a there's that whole moment where we have uh, Flip buying a Twinkie out of a Twinkie dispensing vending machine. And you got a big hard gawk at the Twinkies logo. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> product placement. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you know, the, you know who we mm -hmm. haven't mentioned the pig. Oh, there is a pig in this. That's right. Yeah, um, a pig that was never in any Nemo stuff to my knowledge. So it's a new, no. a new character. You know, yeah, it could, um, that, the pig could have easily, the pig could have been flip, you know, it could have been a clown doll that came to life. Uh, yeah, actually that, that's a good point. That, Actually, that probably would have worked better, to be honest. I, I like that idea, you know. Um, but, yeah, instead the pig... I mean, I guess the pig plays a small role in the end. Otherwise, yeah. the pig is just kind of an amusing side sidekick that doesn't do a whole lot. Um, the pig gave me a little bit of Burke Brethren vibes. Not entirely, but but it made this... It, made, it gave this movie a kind of feeling like a picture book by Burke Brethren, like Goodnight mm. Opus. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. Um, uh, uh, Burke Brethren has a very specific kind of feel when he does children's books. Um, yeah, it looked very airbrushed, the whole thing. Yes, exactly. It's it's very airbrushed. It's like, it's kind of a little bit maudlin, but, you know, not like overly so. It's just this very, this feel the, the, the pig kind of brings to the film. Um, but... You know, when when Burke Brother tries to be cute. Um, yeah. The pig's uh, name is Pig, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's what you do when you have a stuffed animal. You'll name, you know, like, Kanga and Roo and Rabbit and stuff <laughs> like that. So, sure. Um, but, yeah, this, this pig comes to life Piglet. in Slumberland. Yeah. Uh, so we have a pig who, who, who is also part of this, uh, this crew. Um, and... Um, Oh, but but speaking of also the dreams, 
because we said there's like there's the, the salsa dream, there's the um, the the city dream with the garbage truck. Mm-hmm. Then there's a dream that is literally just taking place in a big bathroom. Like, what is this guy's dream? He all he does is dream about washing his hands in a nice restroom. Yeah, um, and I, I think in the subtitles they call him the Dapper Dreamer. So I guess he's like because he's wearing kind of almost like a zoot suit or something. But it's yeah. like it's it's like the thing about that one that's kind of funny. It makes me think of like when you you know you when you have a dream and you're like I gotta get somewhere like and do a thing, but you're endlessly preparing for it and never getting to do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's that, kind that of, make, that might make this the most realistic of the dreams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it, it feels like that, but again, it is very weird. Um, that, that literally he just keeps dreaming about like a bathroom and just, you know, um, and I, then I'm there's gonna assume that the, uh, that they left out the part with the glory hole. Yeah, <laughs> they live out the good parts of the dreams. Uh, yeah, then they have. Um, then there's the the guy who dreams about flying, riding on a giant goose because they. Yes, that's a, they say that the riding a giant goose is the number one dream in Canada, and it is in fact a Canadian goose. And the guy on it is so Canadian; it feels like you know, it feels like Canada should sue. Yeah, it was like uh, these. Un- these, these, like, do you, like, hey, these stereotypes are very hurtful, eh? Um, <laughs> yeah, he starts telling about a Tim Hortons when they, uh, they meet him. So it's like, yeah. okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. Hey, you yes. got some better for worse collections, eh? How about some kids in the hall, eh? <laughs> <laughs> do you mean so, the yeah, they... flower, eh? <laughs> oh, I'm going to get some, buy some ba- uh, milk in a bag, eh? Take off your <laughs> shoes when you go inside the house, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, Want some socialized medicine, eh? Um, <laughs> so, so these are the dreams that they that they that they go through, and uh, they they yeah they just feel so empty, and um, the the whole film. Now compare how airy mm-hmm. these these are to the dream that I just cited, where it was about being in a very tight and enclosed space. Yeah, I mean, I feel like these were just. Uh, yeah, like I said, they, they just feel kind of they don't feel like what dreams are really about. They don't feel like they they, they just I they I feel like the dream you could make with a green screen. Yeah. You know what this this I, I was thinking because when we saw this film, I feel like this is there. This is a this movie just felt a lot like when you, the, the Harry Potterfication of, um, you know, children's fantasy where it's like we're watching a movie, you know, and the important thing is that all the doorknobs are extremely shiny, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, everything is, looks like it's never been used. Yeah, and it, it is a kid's movie, so I don't expect, like, you know, a lot of use of, like, lighting, but most of the movie has that kind of very flat, warm lighting that you expect if you're, like, having a feast at Hogwarts. yeah. Um, and you know, until something bad happens, and then it all gets dark all of a sudden. So it's just like, you know, um, that sort of thing. And yeah, um, I I feel like because the dreams, you know, the the, the 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 special effects in them are kind of impressive. You know, they're they're very nice. Yeah, the goose but, looks great. I especially like when it lands and uh, Flip gives it a little pat on the beak. Yeah, I mean, it all looks good. Um, 
But I felt like, you know, we're not living in a time where special effects alone are impressive anymore because, like you said, everything is green screen. Um, you know, you know, the last time I think we saw a movie where we were like, holy shit, special effects was like, I don't know, Jurassic Park or the Matrix, Matrix? or something. Yeah. Matrix, yeah. Um, and so now I feel like if you're going to have visuals, you know, really cool visuals, you really have to have them connect. You know, you just can't have random cool stuff happening yeah. because it's like, I don't care. I can see. I mean, obviously you did that with a green screen. And that's what I'm looking through all this stuff. I'm just like, okay, these are all just green screen effects. I guess I should be impressed, but I know you used a green screen. So, um, you know, to cite a, uh, to cite a review that we've quoted many times here, audiences are no longer enthralled that Mickey Mouse can spit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, Hey, stuff is happening on the screen. Um, it's, you know, it, it does feel like a film that's like kind of designed to be like, yeah, you know, you're going to forget this in a week but mm-hmm. we'll have some new content for you at that point. So it doesn't matter. Um, I, um, yeah. Um, sorry. I'm just like, I'm, ba- I'm bagging on these, uh, these dreams. Cause I'm just like, uh, it's just, I wanted to like it. I wanted, yeah. but I feel like it didn't have, uh, I don't, I, I, yeah. Re- return it, to the sub to the, uh, subject. This is based on look at some of the old little Nemo comics now they did have a lot of room, but that was because you know it took up a whole broadsheet page, and Mister and the uh, cartoonist was you know just able to fill the whole thing with huge drawings. And I don't, if that was what they were going for, I feel like they accomplished it on accident. Yeah, I mean the the thing is like yeah these are you know they're they're kind of em- they're empty worlds. And, you know, if you look at the old, you know, Windsor McKay strips, like they're full of activity. There's like lots of stuff happening. Um, and even in the like the 80s version, not, was it 80s, the anime one? I can't remember when it actually came out. Uh, um, 1989. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like those that was a populated world. You know, Slumberland felt like a place. Um, this one, it's just like there are dreams and they connect, but there isn't really a sense of place. Um, yeah, I mean, you can, if you look at, you know, think back to the, that 1989 movie and think of how many characters were introduced. I mean, there's Nemo and Flipper there, of course, but there's also a princess who wasn't in this movie. King Morpheus is not in this movie. Uh, Bon Bon is not in this movie. The oops are not in this movie. It's, it's so, it feels almost like the Fantastics, you know, where it's just two people on an empty stage. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they try their best. I feel like, you know, both uh, Jason Momoa and the girl who plays Nemo, you know, they're they're fine actors. Um, But, yeah, they're they're basically like just jumping around in front of a green screen. And um, it's uh, um, the the other thing about it that that kind of. uh, that, that didn't quite work for me is when we we have this uh, this this dream the dream police are after uh, Jason Malmoa. Yeah, uh, uh, you know be- the Beetlejuicy part. Yeah, this is yes. the this is the uh, the Juno of this movie. Yeah, so the the dream police um, 
And uh, when we first see her, Agent Green, she she shows up. She's got like a big afro. She's driving like a um you know an old uh, kind of Charger type car. And I mean, I yes. kind of immediately you know I I think we all immediately sussed out what this was. We're like, Oh, okay. I get it. It's like a seventies kind of like mod squad, Starsky and Hutch cops type thing going on, you know? Um, and then when we actually, they, they actually capture uh, flip and take him to dream jail. We actually see behind the scenes and they, they have a big like seventies kind of office. And um, first of all, uh, I don't like the fact that when we see that, the dream cop is like, yeah, it hasn't been updated since the seventies. It's like, well, thanks for explaining the joke. <laughs> I mean, first of all, don't do that. Um, yeah. But for me, for secondly, I'm also like, I just didn't like this whole thing because I'm thinking, look, look in a, in a, in, in a, in a adult comedy, like Beetlejuice, that's different. Um, or even in like something like, you know, The Good Place, which is kind of a satire, this sort of thing. Anyway, that's right. fine. In this one, I was like, okay, it just feels like you're taking something as, um, you know, as ineffable and universal and like limitless as dreams. And you're just like, oh, and it's it's a shitty job. It's like one of those Pixar movies where they're like, yeah. hey, you know. Everything's a job. <laughs> Everything's a job, you know. Um, and no, I mean, people, I no. Being a light particle is just the worst, you know? Sometimes they have to behave like a particle. Sometimes they have to behave like a wave. Which is which? <laughs> Disney yeah, takes like, ours uh, light. <laughs> I was talking to uh, my wife. Uh, you know, there's that new Pixar movie, Soul, where it's like, what if heaven was like a shitty job? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Talk about your prosperity uh, gospel uh, uh, Protestant work ethic. Even when you're dead, <laughs> you got to keep working. Um Although actually, I suppose that there are some afterlife sort of do that, don't they? Um, oh yeah. I think e like Egypt, they were like, yeah, you gotta keep, you know, you you you're buried with that little statue that does your work for you. So when you're in like, you know, the fields of raw or whatever it is, and you're like chilling out, and your statue's like doing all the harvesting, and it turns the cameras like it's eleven. Um, <laughs> where, where are those statues? You know what I'm talking about, right? Those little statues. I don't think I do. I was I was thinking canopic jars. That's something different. Oh, I'm trying to think like there was these statues that you got buried with in Egypt and they were like you were supposed to do work in the afterlife. But if you had these statues, they would do it for you. Huh. I, I don't think I've heard of this. You know, I, but then again, I never I was I never had the Egyptology book. So, oh, OK, yeah, I was I was really into this when I was like, you know, 10. Um, oh, it's an Ush Ush Opti, apparently is what. That is what uh, Getty.edu is telling me. So anyway, y'all okay. learned something today, okay. uh, listeners. Um, so if you're so if you are making a video game that takes place in uh, the mythical Memphis, then the the extra lives should be Ushapti. So it can be like, well, you didn't die. You just broke. You just uh, broke one of your statues, but it's okay. You've got another one. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> and then the game over is you know the real you having to work because you ran out of Ushaptis. <laughs> actually that that's a good idea <laughs> um i think a, a good idea for a movie or something would just be like someone dying and it turning out like that like oh the egyptian half-life is right oh shit yeah. now it's like i gotta go through these like i gotta do that whole thing going through the book of the dead with not knowing what i'm doing and like fight the 
that thing with the crocodile head. Amut, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, just just some guy having to do this. Um, That'd be great. But anyway. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, at least, well, at least we didn't have to put you through the uh, Christian deprogramming. Yeesh. <laughs> So we um let's see so so we're talking about the was it the the bureau of what is it they call them subconscious activities yes BSOC or something like that yeah and they put they put Flip into like dream jail because he's been you know jumping between dreams and and it's just I don't know I I feel like again it's just like oh cool even even the astral plane is like a carceral state so that's that just. I, I again, this feels like the Harry Potterfication, where it's like, oh, there's magic. It's all run by a bureaucracy. It's like, oh, we we can't have like, there's no, no we can't just ex- we can't ex- the our imaginations have become so blinkered by you know our shitty reality that like even in our fantasy everything just has to be a job. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm making too much of this, but well, it's... Uh, you're no. I think you're right. I think it's just an example of how you know we don't even realize how restricted we are by this world that we've built for ourselves, where everybody works until they die. You know, nobody yeah. can. You know, nobody can have a dream. You know, nobody can have a fantasy of a world where that's just that doesn't happen. Because I mean, even in uh, you know a hundred years ago, freaking to. Mark Twain. We did the Mark Twain movie already where it talks about where he go about the experience of going to heaven. But further on in that story, there's this whole thing about how everybody just gets sick of their halo and wings and just leaves it by the side of the road and wears their own clothes and walks on two feet because they're just not because, you know, they they have been taught by the way of the world that they should work, that they should suffer, and even in a place with no suffering that people still don't know what to do when they're not miserable most of the time. Yeah. It's like in the matrix where they're all like, yeah, we tried to make a good one, but you, you guys kept waking up. So we programmed the world to be shitty. So you'd believe it. <laughs> um, I always like the idea that maybe there were multiple matrixes. Like there was, you know, we have all these, uh, major technology companies so you know some people are in the microsoft matrix some people are in the google matrix some people are in the <laughs> apple matrix and some people some people are in the nintendo matrix that's a good one actually i mean that would and, be the best one <laughs> yeah and the thing is that you know the matrixes are constantly doing deals back and forth to trade resources so some so if something terrible happens in your life maybe you've been traded to the google matrix uh, imagine if you get t- traded to the tesla matrix oh god <laughs> <laughs> shit we're kind of in the tesla matrix if you think yeah, about that, it that's it that's what happened isn't it jesus <laughs> it's like yeah we're in a world where um you know things blow up randomly and every uh person in charge of everything is like a, a weird um failed comedy uh alt-right troll so it's like yeah this is basically the, uh, the tesla matrix and it's slowly heating up until we all die uh it's 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 things are going things are great things are going great um uh, well, anyway, the but in little ne- and yeah, and, and we're getting to the point. And think about it. Pretty soon, um, uh, we'll all have uh, Elon's Neuralink in our heads, so that we can work in our dreams. Yeah, work <laughs> while, yeah, work while you sleep. Be a uh, you know, 
Yeah. Even when you, even after a hard day at the, uh, you know, what, what kind, I don't know, what kind of job do they give people where you don't actually accomplish anything? Um, it's like George Jetson. We have to push the button, you know, yes. even after a hard day of pushing the button all night, you have to work a shift in your sleep at a call center or something. <laughs> God, what a, the, the internet answer, or shit. Answering the phone as you sleep. And then once in a while looking up and realizing there are black widows all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't have the budget for black widows these days. Uh, <laughs> Man, but uh, so yeah, so um, the Dream Police they they're after Flip, um, but but Nemo does get him out because she learns you know uh, locksmithing from her uncle, um, and um, then they eventually they get the pearls, but it turns out um, the pearls do grant wishes, and wait, do they? I can't remember. Yeah, because she sees her yeah, dad the, again, right? Yeah, the pearls do grant wishes, but only in Slumberland. And but you know what? Maybe that was enough. You know, I, I mean, I didn't think she thought that. The, it ne she never really seemed to be under the impression that the pearls would bring her dad back to life forever. It's more like it's more like the end of AI. You know, getting to see mom one last time. And that's true because. Mm -hmm. Oh, I sorry. I can understand that because you know just just because, you know, just because people die before we're ready to before we have the chance to say goodbye doesn't mean that we want them to go on forever you know right, once you right. once you've grieved uh, it's it feels very strange to have somebody come back into your life i, re yeah. I remember reading some reading some spider-man comics about how difficult it was for him when it looked like his parents were alive after all and he was he was like you know what am i doing this for still and in, and even Aunt May, who had, uh, you know, put her, you know, gained a second childhood from raising this orphan kid, is like, uh, what, how am I supposed to feel? I've been cursing them for dying all these years, and now I'm cursing them for coming back! Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, um, there is a an extremely rich uh, tradition of stories about how bad it is to mourn someone for too long. I mean, half of all the ghost stories that uh, we have are basically, you know, that premise. Oh, yeah. um, Aaron Kelly, how that dead band danced. <laughs> um, it actually is kind of funny because, you know, in America, you know, in this modern age, we're not really good with dealing with death and mourning or any, mm. you know, anything like that. Um, it, it's just, you know, we, we don't have a culture that 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 is good at accepting these things or understanding them. It actually reminds me kind of a funny thing. There's a, uh, there's this old, uh, apparently an old, um, traditional ballad called, I think it's the wife of Usher's well. Mm. And, um, um, and I mentioned it cause the, the traditional European version of the ballad is this, this woman, all her sons get killed in, I, I don't know how they get killed. Uh, they, they, they step on a, a nail or something. Anyway, they're all dead. <laughs> they step on a rake. <laughs> yeah. All, all her sons just, they're all dead. So she, um, you know, she does the thing where she, she mourns them too long and they, they come back as, or she somehow does a, I don't know how they come back they, or she does a wish or for some reason, monkey's paw wish they come back and they're come back and they're these horrible tortured revenants. And they're just like, please let us die. Let us go back. And so then they go, they go, back at the end right anyway there's an american version of the same ballad 
from the 18th century, which changes it a little bit. So in this time they come back and they're like, hey, it's so cool. We're like, we're in heaven and it's awesome. Thanks for coming back. Hey, mom. Also, Jesus is Lord. So um, it's been tweaked uh, a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's just like, you know, the, the, um, the idea of death is something that naturally is an end and we just have to accept. It doesn't really fit in the American imagination. We don't like that, you know? Uh, we, I think Americans feel like they should be able to complain to the manager of reality about that. Um, <laughs> you know? um, but, uh, but this film, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think you, you, you're correct because she never seems to be under the impression that this magic pearl can bring her dad back to life in reality. She wants to see him. Cause I think flip even says you could see him every night here in slumberland with the pearl. Mm -hmm. Um, which is interesting because I feel like naturally you would probably dream about your father quite a bit right after his death, you know? Yeah. And you, I'm surprised um, that she didn't. Yeah. It's weird. Cause the dream cops say, yeah, we gave you this, this empty lighthouse. That's where you need to be. And it's like, I really feel like an empty lighthouse is not the comforting dream that they think it is because you want to see the people, you know, the people that yeah. mean things to you. Um, and, now, um, when she says, you know, we give you the dream that you need, are we going far enough into it being what you need and that this is the dream that will eventually lead your uncle back to his lost dream self and enable you to live a happier life with him? Um, I mean, if it is, they, they don't really make it. They don't they don't spell that out, um, yeah. which is the only thing they don't spell out in this movie. So, yeah, this movie just, is. Yeah, it's pretty uh, on the nose a lot of the time. Yeah, they they want to make sure that you don't misunderstand anything that happens in it, um, which again I feel like is kind of a symptom of uh, movies in twenty twenty two. This, um, you know, we got to spell everything out. We don't want any ambiguities because um, no, then something. Fuck you brats. Yeah, because otherwise you're gonna go and complain about it on the Twitter, you know, um, but. Uh, so she, she gets the pearl, the pearls and then no. Cause like the pearl causes flip to wake up. Right. Yeah, and she then acqu she acquires the pearl, but no, no, we haven't been talking about what's been going on in the real world along the way. Cause, Oh yeah. We has, might need to mention yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, Okay, it's not just that she's having trouble with her with her uncle. She's also having trouble at school because she, as part of this uh, mission to get the pearls, she's been skipping classes and sleeping in a hammock in the uh, uh, somewhat in like a utility closet somewhere. And one of her her only friend at school has found her, but he's like, "Hey, this is something important to you. I'll help." But so eventually, it becomes clear to the school that something is really wrong because she ended up stealing her uncle's cell phone for just a second to uh, say that she would be missing for two weeks and yeah that was that was an interesting little look at uh, how schools work now yeah i i thought that was a little i mean i guess that make that use an app to like declare you know if you're going to be in school or not i mean i guess they do that now um i i feel like that whole bit it kind of lowered the stakes a little because I almost felt like I preferred it in like, you know, when you watch like an old movie, like never any story where he's skipping yeah. class and you're like, Oh shit. He's a never story. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it's like, oh, shit, he's going to get in trouble. And this one, I'm like, oh, she's fine. She she used the tech to, like, avoid getting in trouble. So um, so I feel like I guess, that whole... Mm-hmm. I guess it must have been one of those things where people were like, well, why didn't she? You know, because maybe, maybe this is new to us because we are adults who've been out of school for 20 years and uh, don't don't realize how much it's changed but people who have been in school as recently as five years ago would be like well why didn't you use the app that's actually yeah that's a good point like it's sort of like now in all horror movies where you have to explain why they don't use their cell phones to call for help right Um, okay i mean that does make sense um i ran it down playing bejeweled again (laughs) it's like you know kids who went to school in the you know in post 90s watching old movies being like why aren't they going through metal detectors i don't understand um why are there no lockdown drills why aren't they like you know pissing in litter kitty litter to uh as as you know the um uh as the uh shooter school shooters walk around and murder everyone uh why aren't the cops outside uh quailing in fear and not going in and rescuing anyone uh anyway um um but um uh, uh, you know what else? That basement of the school that looked way too shiny to me as well. Yeah, like, everything was so shiny. It's like, yeah, because I'm like, okay, look, a boiler room in a school is gonna be kind of like dark and dank, and and this is full of these weird, like, kind of plastic pipes. Um, yeah, I, yeah, GNDN pipes. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, I also that's the thing is maybe, um, I feel like maybe if if things were shiny in the dream world, but a little more realistically filmed in the waking world. That could be a stylistic choice, but I feel like they just did that with everything in this movie. Um, yeah. Cause they were like, it's, you know, it's for kids. So that's what we do in the kids movie. Um, everything has to look like candy because it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, she, she eventually, she does this thing in the basement. So she gets in trouble with her uncle eventually when she gets caught. And so she gets mad and steals her boat um, cause she has a boat, um, and yeah. sails back to the lighthouse, but there's a storm that knocks her out. And that's when she's in a coma or knocked out. She finds the pearls, um, in the sea of nightmares. Yes. Um, While she's slowly slipping off the boat. Yes. Um, now she finds the pearl, but I think flip comes back and saves her cause flip, uh, they had that thing where they had a falling out because she told flip that he was a nerd in real life. And that made him mad. And so he kind of just stalked off. Um, and um, found his way to some sort of World, World War II dream where he's drinking in a pub during a bombing. Yeah, but they're bombing just like most wanted posters of his face. <laughs> yeah, because that's his big deal is that uh, he used to be Slumberland's most wanted, but he's been slipping. I want to know who his competition was. Yeah, I think that would have been really interesting to see, like, who else is jumping between dreams, you know, like what sort of uh, what sort of characters would be doing that shit. Um, in fact, you know, that would that would be a really good heist movie. I'd be. Oh, shit. It's just Inception then, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> OK, that's why, maybe that's why they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's already been done. Um, uh, I want to know. So the guy that he that's piloting that plane, dropping the leaflets because he talks to him eventually. Is that yeah. the guy whose dream that is? It must be because he's not made of butterflies. Yeah. So does that mean that like the, the Bureau of Subconscious Affairs just presses random people into like doing jobs for them in their dreams? Because, <laughs> I mean, that seems to be what's happening here. But um, 
but then he also knows that Nemo is like in the sea of nightmares. So I don't know how this guy is so like um, plugged into the news of what's happening in, in just other people's dreams and stuff. But yeah, um, but Nemo gets the pearls. I think Flip comes to rescue her and uh, she pearls him awake. And then the boat that is that is coming to rescue her, her uncle is on it and he's like clutching the mast like like a big old coward because he's scared of, uh, you know, the storm that's going to kill them. But suddenly he gets brave and like turns to a superhero and jumps in the water to save her because he's now re- been re merged with Flip, the the great conjunction just happened, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, see, that's why the thing is, I really feel like this would have been better if it had been a gradual thing of him and flip realizing they need each other instead of just him becoming like a superhero at the end, because, yeah. you know, I mean, I agree. Uh, um, I don't know uh, if it could have been done, you know, in the way that you laid it out, but I think there would have been, you know, it would have been better for him to have figured it out maybe a little earlier and be like, what did I lose? Why can't I be that person anymore? You know, because, because he wants to, I mean, I think uh, one of those moments where they kind of lay things out too much, but I still like it is the one where, where the scene where when they have their Nemo and her uncle have their big fight. And uh, she says, I never asked to come here. And he says, I never asked you to. But I'm glad you did. Yeah, I thought that was that was good. Um, I feel like a, there there are little lines in this that work really well when they don't overexplain things, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it really because you know I was also thinking of like the never-ending story a lot in this, and how a lot of the big emotional scenes in that are very quick, and they don't really ex- they don't explain a whole lot, you know, like when the yeah. rock biter is just like. My friends are dead. I couldn't stop them. I'm just going to sit here and die. That's literally like three lines. And, yeah. you know, um, and in this one, they do have a scene where when they explain like that, he's actually like flip and you, you know, and, and she realizes that connect that it's the same guy. Um, they, they, they explain the whole backstory and it's like, it's, it's not a bad scene. It's not like poorly done or anything, but it's kind of a little strange to me because it basically is, that he and his brother were like, would have all these adventures as kids, but then his brother got married and went that bastard, and then, yeah, and then just like went went and like spent time with his wife instead, and then he's like, oh, I feel, I'm boring without you, so I'm just gonna like, uh, I'm gonna ghost you, and it's like, because they said the brothers were estranged, and I was just like, that's a very, I don't know, a very weird reason to become estranged. Yeah, you know? I mean, um, I mean, you've you've talked before about their issues with your brother, but it was not getting married that made it made him a problem. No, no, and I mean, even now, like I am married, and I, you know, obviously I spend a lot more time with my wife than with my brother, but you know, I mean, it's not like we like fell out and decided like, no, we're not going to talk to each other now. We still like, you know, we still communicate. Um, we still, you know. It, but Nemo's father was his older brother, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, because uh, I was wondering, wait, were they twins? That might be different, but... I no, think, they're not, they yeah, weren't twins. I don't think so. No, I think they say older brother. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm uh, not 100% sure on that. Um, 
And we I, even uh, see some old uh, some old videos of the two of them together, and uh, Philip is running around wearing this headdress that makes him look like the QAnon shaman. So I guess that's where <laughs> Flip's horns come from. Oh yeah, that's right. So was, yeah, I guess they had to explain that because, like, seriously, yeah. You know, otherwise, it's like, why has he got horns? Um, oh, I wonder if the wolf feet are a little uh, nod to the uh, explicitly explicitly little nemo themed uh or inspired where the wild things are wearing your wolf oh that that yeah that actually would make sense um you know there's actually there's one other aspect of this movie we haven't mentioned um and that Um, is the nightmare the nightmare yes there is uh, there is a running theme of her dreams being interrupted by this black inky kraken monster that she first encountered during her dream of the nightmare sea when she woke up and found that her dad had died and we keep and we keep seeing it find its way into other dreams and destroy these dreams that other people are having which is why flip keeps getting in more and more trouble yeah um and it's it's kind of a cool visual because it is like a like it's like gi- a giant squid made out of black smoke. Um, yeah. I it did remind me a little bit of the cloudy rhinoceros from James the Giant Peach. It did. It did a little bit. Actually, actually, yeah. No, I, I definitely can see that. Um, this one, though, I I feel like, and I'm being a little churlish at this point. I'm just I'm just gonna complain because um, yeah, <laughs> as an adult, I thought it was pretty cool and a, and a good look. However, if I was a child, the, the of the age that would enjoy the other aspects of this film, I would be like, I don't want to see a bunch of smoke. I want to see a monster. I want to see the actual monster, you know? Yeah, that's true. But things for kids kind of have to be a little less subtle in that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if you're a kid watching this movie, the whole time you're like, Sea of Nightmares? Oh boy, I want to see that. That's going to be so cool. And and you don't really get to see much of it, you know? Yeah, it's, um, it's just a sea with one nightmare. So yeah. is her is her nightmare like the only nightmare there is? I mean, maybe it's the only one that she can experience because it's her dream and you can't mm. see other nightmares. But I mean, mm. I think, you know, uh, this is a big issue with so many movies where they're just like, you know, the whole movie, they're just like, I don't know, like especially kids stuff I've seen where they're like, oh, when, when are we going to get to the, the fireworks factory? You know, um, where they're the whole movie, they're like, we got to stop this you know, uh, we got to stop the portal from opening and, and the, the monsters from coming through. And then, oh, good, we did. And it's like, I want to see the monsters. I wanted <laughs> to see the monsters. You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like so many, so many kids things are about like, of you know, the thing that you want to see or the place you want to go, not getting to see it or not getting to go there. Um, yeah. I mean, that's why I think Phantom Tollbooth is one of the best kids movies, because you go to the fucking castle in the sky and you see the demons. You know, (laughs) they don't skimp. Um, This this movie kind of felt like there's a lot of skimping going on. It felt like it's a movie where, um, again, like Harry Potter, it could have been way better. But in order to do that, it would have required them to write do more effort in the writing because it's like we need more emotional uh resonance between interaction between characters but those are hard to write so let's not do that and just make this very linear story about jumping between dreams 
Yeah, um, linear. That's another word that I uh, that kept coming through is like you know you, they're just kind of taking this one pre-planned route over and over again, and that's kind of like a dream, honestly. You know, I've had dreams where I just kept you know going through the same tunnels over and over again. Yeah, I mean, it's. But I don't that think that was true. the intention. No, no, no. That's the thing. Is like it is in some ways it is rather it, it they all got it right by accident. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't feel like. I don't feel like they were planning these out in, in the way that, um, yeah, it's, uh, ultimately like, yeah, ultimately it's just like, I, I watch it and I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's, it's cute. Um, it's a movie that like, it's, it's very 2022 and that I feel like it's like, here's a lot of spectacle and we, you're not going to remember it in a week. But don't worry, Netflix will have new content. So yeah. keep coming back. Um, that's that's kind of my feel on it. It feels like again, I, to me, it's like this is a movie generated by an AI. Um, yeah, it's not it's just, hitting not all just the, the visuals, the whole, the entire thing, the script and all. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's something that like the AI knows this this particular plot. I can wrap it up really neatly at the end. You know, there won't be any hanging threads everything's going to come together everything's you know very very neat and and pat you know as opposed to um films that are generated by people where half the time you're like oh you you forgot all these plot holes and and these other things and everything's very messy um which is how i feel like filmmaking used to be um but now you know everything is a little more controlled um which I mean is a double-edged sword. I mean, sometimes I think that some movies can make that very satisfying. Others, you just feel like you're missing out because it's, it's too, um, too symmetrical, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, there's what's uh, uh it's sort of like when in, in cer certain art programs, you can set it up to just mirror on one side, whatever you do on the other side. So you end up creating something that's sort of like a, like a Rorschach blot. Mm, and yes. Yeah. So it just like, you know, everything has a match, everything folds. Uh, and <clears throat> it leads you to a sort of, uh, you know, uh, a zero sum movie where it's like, you know, now that everything is tied up, then, you know, now you can stop thinking about it. Yeah. Every problem yeah. is solved. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to say it, actually. Like, every problem is solved, you can stop thinking about it. I mean, that's really it right there. Because I feel like, you know, um, old, like, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm biased. Because obviously, I'm old. So I'm always going to say older movies are better. But I feel like you watch a movie like Never Ending Story, or Return to Oz, or Labyrinth, and there's things in those movies that stick with you because it doesn't feel like everything is solved. Everything is, you know, put back in its place a hundred percent at the end. Um, and you feel that people go through experiences that change them in ways that they're not the yeah. same person at the beginning. And there are parts of all of the movies you cited that were left untold. And yes, you know, I, yes. I would say that part that because interpreting is generative, you know, you when you see a movie, you are, in fact, adding your own experience to it. So if the movie just solves everything for you, you know, then it's sort of like, you know, watching the video game play itself. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. That's good way. That's a really good way to put it, I think. Um, 
Man, um, I, I'm, I, I've been really shitting on this film. But, yeah, um, but you know what? I think we're shitting on this film because we saw potential in it. You know, it's sort of like, you know, when you're when the teacher brings you in or to the principal's office, and they're just like, "We don't think you're living up to your potential. We think you, we could do so much more." And you're just like, "What do you want from me?" So yeah, I, I understand yeah. if the if the movie makers are like, "What did you, what did you want from us?" We gave you your little Nemo movie, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, they, they gave us the, the bed with the really long legs. I mean, they did that. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mention. Yeah. We saw the bed with the really long legs once. And that was. And again, it feels like that was something they could add once they decided to uh, rename everyone after Nemo characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, barely, I got so excited. I, I killed my old saliva and I'm dying. <laughs> Uh, all right i'm back okay okay did not die um but uh so i guess the big question i want to know is like um ethan how do you feel like this compares to um the other nemo movie we watched the um 1989 uh little nemo in slumberland Mm. um it's Oh, it's difficult because that movie, you know, for as many failures as it had, and we really, uh, and we really kicked the shit out of it for its failures too. <laughs> it was so ambitious. There was so much that it wanted to do. You could tell that they were really, they really wanted to do, a, you know, bring the world of Windsor McKay home and make it beautiful and, you know, the story they could kind of cram in. Whereas this one, it feels kind of like the opposite, where they had a story they wanted to tell, and then they were like, oh yeah, Little Nemo, we gotta cram that in too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, yeah, well, like you said, it is, uh, it's kind of like the Mario Brothers thing, where it's like, we already had something, and we're gonna kind of finagle it into being the property. Um, though I feel like, um, I, I, I feel, I mean, but... It, I feel like the Mario Brothers movie, though, um, it is such a weird and bizarre thing that it's that it works for me. Even I don't yeah. I just don't think now, of it as a Mario Brothers movie. I think of it as its own thing. Uh, and I mean, one, that, the, they did, in fact, start from the video game when they were making the Mario Brothers movie. It's just that what happened was they did this very uh, uh, kind of backhanded way of hiring all the actors by sending them different scripts that were like something they'd done before. I mean, they sent Dennis Miller, not Dennis Miller, God damn it, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> Dennis Miller's in, in the like, new role. <laughs> Bowser is going to like take over now. Um, Cha-cha. And, uh... <laughs> He's like, get a load of me. I'm playing a reptile now. Anyway, um, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Yeah, they sent Dennis Hopper a script that was explicitly inspired by Mad Max. It even had big races in the desert. And that's not the movie that they made. Everyone who showed up was handed a totally new script, and they're like, what the hell is this? Damn. Um, that doesn't seem like a good way to do it. Um, no, it isn't. But also, <laughs> like, everyone was really mad to be there. <laughs> it feels like uh, it's also like, well, that seems like a lot of effort to write, like, what a hundred different scripts you know yeah. it's like okay we got one script for dennis hopper one script for john what john leguizamo one script for yeah. uh 
Bob Hoskins, uh, does Big Bertha get her own script? Does the princess <laughs> get her own script? <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, here's Yoshi's script. Who do we get to play Yoshi? Oh, he's a puppet? Damn! <laughs> um, it's, uh, uh, though, I mean, what what ended up being made is kind of like, uh, is, is kind of amazing in its own right, though. I, I understand Bob Hoskins uh, himself pieced it together. Um, yeah, he... He isn't credited, but uh, it's basically his edit. So, man, um, uh, it is. Yeah, it is a thing. Um, but again, like I feel like that was a movie that, like, it's it's a weird amalgamation. Um, this movie is the opposite. It's like everything is ne- nicely slotted into where it needs to be in order to, you know, get get us where we need to go in two hours, and, and then everything gets wrapped up. Um, yeah, I, um, I don't feel like you know. Ultimately, like I guess this is a movie about Nemo coming to terms with her father's death. Um, yes. I don't really, f- you know, but I don't really feel like she changed much as a character. Or that no, that this really, I don't know that this actually did feel like she was coming to terms with his death over the course of the movie. Um, and I guess Philip does change because he does the 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 merge with Flip at the end, but. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like the themes that we that were developed gradually over the movie in a way that would be make everything more satisfying. I think it would have been a stronger film if yeah, the characters got more time to like bump against each other rather than these big spectacular special effects pieces, <clears throat> which I guess that is kind of like spectacular in the first place. <laughs> no, really. Um, I think they were trying to do again, like the thing that like, Marvel does a lot where they're like, look, we, we can't the DVDs and videotape sales no longer exist. We need to get butts and seats in the movie theater. Therefore, it's going to be big special effects um, that you want to see on the big screen. And I feel like they were kind of doing that, which is weird because it's Netflix. It's like you're always going to be yeah. watching on a TV. So, OK, um, but I don't know. Um, again, the the 80s, like you said, the 80s, um, Little Nemo was a lot more ambitious. Um, it had a lot of flaws, but I feel like it, it did have a, like a real love for the source material that kind of carried through, um, yeah, made, absolutely. made a lot of, Oh yeah. Made a lot of the issues with it. Forgivable. Um, this one, I feel like, like you said, they're like, yeah, slap the name Nemo name on it. And therefore it, it doesn't have, it doesn't have the same charm, that makes me ignore its flaws. Um, I can't hate it. I mean, pajamas. Oh, that's right. She doesn't. It's like, what's up with that? They they mention, you know, hey, put up, maybe she put on pajamas. Oh, this is how I sleep. It's all right. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's not. You know, it's it's fine. It's good for kids, but yeah, there's not there's now, sir, you know, it's you know, and I want to say that I think it's probably a better movie than we've been saying for the last hour. You know, we just have, you know, we had had higher hopes than we were expecting to from, you know, this, it felt like this could have been a really good movie, but there, yeah. you know, it's, it's death by a thousand cuts. Uh, yeah. There's, there are all this, these little trips that, you know, keep it from coming in first. Yeah. Like, you know what, if, if you are, uh, if you're homesick and you just want to put something on, like to kill some time. Uh, that you don't need to spend, you know, you don't need to give your full attention, but just, you know, kind of be entertaining. 
this is fine for that. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just, I just wish it had been better, I guess is what yeah. my main takeaway is. Um, it's not, it's, it's more interesting than the Annie movies. I'll give it that. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. What if this is what Annie had been about? That would be, yeah. I mean, if you had, if this had been Annie in Slumberland and pig had been replaced by Sandy, you know, that would be a very interesting movie. Yeah. I mean, it's much more interesting than Annie. Like, I don't know, meeting daddy Warbucks again or thwarting a <laughs> thwarting a bomb to kill the queen i guess that was interesting well <laughs> we all know the most interesting one is when she did a christmas carol but yeah um, absolutely <laughs> but um yeah anyway so uh little nemo oh, sorry uh, just slumberland just slumberland not little nemo yeah nemo is a strange name for any girl honestly but. Yeah, um, it turns out my my wife apparently thought this was the same Nemo who was in uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, <laughs> that would she thought I guess why it was a... so much of it is underwater. Yeah, actually, that would maybe that's why they're doing the lighthouse thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, I guess it makes sense. A guy who lives in a lighthouse would name his kid Nemo. <laughs> uh, we never learn anything about her mother, but apparently her father retreated to the lighthouse because of his grief over the loss of her mother. And I, I, I think the mother may have died in childbirth because Nemo doesn't seem to have any memories of her. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually, that's a good point. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. I just realized apparently Nemo uh, is Latin for nobody. Oh, hmm. So oh, it's Odysseus. Yes. Or, or Odysseus. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, or it could be a nickname for Geronimo. So possibly, <laughs> possibly our Nemo is actually named Geronimo. Oh, wow. Geronimo uh, is which... his Spanish name. His name, his original name was Goklaye. He who yawns. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So I think, um, I, is there anything else that we should say about, um, I have a bonus finding... to check out the yeah. thing that I've just shared with you. Let me take a look here. Oh, what is, what is this now? What this is, is a this? New, a new video game that's going to be coming out next year called Little Nemo, the Guardians of Slumberland. This is a new, this is a, a new game that is inspired by the classic Nemo game for, for Nintendo. The one that we looked at earlier in the podcast. But Interesting. this one has some very new takes on the characters. Scroll down and have a look at this version of Flip. All right, let me take a look here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's see what Flip looks like here. Um, the world. Nemo's bedroom characters. Oh, interesting. They gender-swapped Flip. Yes. Nemo is still a boy, but now Flip is a, is a uh, punky girl with, like, a yo-yo or something? Okay, cool, cool. Um, well, I, I'm down with. Uh, I mean, I mean, I can't believe that uh, Nemo Garden of Slumberland is ruining my childhood with the girl flip. It's political correctness gone mad. Um, actually, no. This, this. Uh, all serious, serious, seriously though, this is a big improvement. I, I like a. I, I like any game that puts a punky girl in. I like that she. They did the thing where she's got like half her face kind of like colored like an like a like kind of like a glam rock punk thing but it's yeah. green 
So it's like the original clown flip face almost, you know? Yeah, but it doesn't give you that kind of weird, is this black face? I don't know feeling. Yeah, so that is that is cool. I like that. Bon Bon looks like she's pretty similar to the original Bon Bon. Yeah, it looks um, like she's made of ice cream. Yeah, and, and then it looks like there's a bunch of uh, kids in Kigurumi pajamas who, I guess, um, uh, I assume they do like the Mario Tanuki suit type thing where you, yeah, you get different it looks powers. Like it's, yeah, it looks like it's uh, the. this is inspired by how in the old game you could feed candy to animals and then wear them like outfits. Yeah. Man, uh, this actually looks uh, fairly... Uh, this is a Metroidvania type game too, it looks like. All right. Yeah, okay, I'm down with that. All right, yeah, this looks uh, fair. Actually, this looks fairly entertaining. Um, so uh, I would say, um, just just from this very cursory look at this, everyone, you can go go and pledge to uh, this uh, Kickstarter. Or yeah, it's already um, it's already been uh, solved. It's uh, oh, never mind. They, they made yeah, they made their six their uh, they made eighty thousand dollars, but you can still late pledge if you want to. Oh wow, wow! All right, yeah, or um. So I guess we'll get the game whether you do or not. So I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Do whatever you want. Um, it says the release is coming in the fourth quarter of 2023. So uh, looks like we've got something for our dream media of next year, too. Nice. So something to look forward to. So right. uh, we'll, we'll see you in your dreams. Oh, God, Black Widows! Ah!